as an African-American coming from Chattanooga, Tennessee, we know about Mississippi, Georgia, Kentucky, but I was floored when I found out that New York was the second largest concentration of enslaved Africans in America, in America outside of Charleston, North Carolina. That's Lady Altuvese, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hi guys, I'm Cara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you that anything is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, and success, who are living their best and most ridiculous lives, and who are making an impact are often people you've never heard of until now. I love field trips. I love history, learning, hearing all the stories, asking all the questions. And today's guest, Lady Altovese, is the founder of Lady Altovese New York City Tours. She brings all of her experience in theater, dance, writing, producing, and music to each of her tours. From soul food to gospel tours to the most interesting parts of Harlem history, and honestly, crafting custom tours with you, her tours, like herself, are unique, high energy, and unforgettable. I'm excited for you to hear her story, her source of joy, and why sharing the good and the bad parts of our history is one of the most important things we can do as humans. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I am very excited to talk to you tonight. Let's begin by telling everyone who you are, where you are, and what you're up to. I am Lady Altavis, and I bring you greetings from Harlem, USA. Very, very happy to be here today. I've been looking forward to this all month. And how are you making the world a better place in Harlem? Well, I am a licensed sightseeing guide for the state of New York, and I specialize and concentrate on the African-American experience and contribution to society. So I give walking tours. We talk about the Underground Railroad. We talk about the civil rights movement. We even talk about the crack era Mm -hmm. and the heroin epidemic, the LGBTQIA Mm -hmm. movement, and of course, the gentrification and the Black Lives Matter movement. So just a few significant parts of history. No big deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just a little drop here and there. (laughs) How did you get into being... A tour guide for Harlem. Funny story. I was in a competition to win a trip to Egypt for my nine-year-old son at the time. And if you would take a one-hour tour, a one-day tour, a one-week tour, your name would go in a hat to win a trip to Egypt. Well, in the process of taking these tours, I came across the most dreadfully boring tour guide ever. (laughs) I ended up in New York to get my master's degree in theater. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is theater. You have a captivated audience. The history is your script. Mm -hmm. And New York City, duh, that's your stage. So I said, I would be one 
hell of a tour guide because I would turn it into a show. I sing, mm -hmm. I dance, I act. Watch out, tourism. Here mm -hmm. I come. And how long have you been doing this now? 19 years. And on May 13th of next year, it will be my 20th anniversary. Wow. That is so amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what surprised you about New York's history as you were building out your own tours? That there was slavery in yeah. New York City. Mm -hmm. As an African-American coming from Chattanooga, Tennessee, we know about Mississippi. Georgia, Kentucky, but I could, I was floored when I found out that New York was the second largest concentration of enslaved Africans in America, in America, outside of Charleston, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. One in five New Yorkers were enslaved Africans all the way back to the 1600s, 1700s. We were chopping down trees, clearing roadways, right with yeah. the Dutch. Yeah. You never learned that in school. No, I, I was just <laughs> on a uh, plantation tour. It was a slavery oh. to freedom specific tour. And what state? In Charleston, mm -hmm, South Carolina. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Okay. And you know, because I went on one. Which one was it? The one at Magnolia Plantation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I took yeah. that one. Uh, run by Joe, the man who's sleeping in every. Um, existing slave house possible who's amazing i want him on the podcast um but i what floored me about the history there was how how and my thought was why after the fact if africans who were enslaving other africans as people had been since you know egyptian times or earlier yeah. Yeah. they they taught it more as an indent they had it as like an indentured servitude it was like seven years and then I'm like, who was the sicko that when slavery came to the U.S., we thought, you know what? It's for life. And you know what? It's going to be every generation of your of your family line. Like, who made that choice? You know what? I'm in the midst, and I don't know if I can drop this, but I'm in the midst of watching the Jeffrey Dahmer mm -hmm. docuseries. And it has exposed me to a level of psychotic willfulness that normal people, well, I don't like to say normal, but everyday people have an ability to turn on and turn off. But once you get away with it, oh, that's me. Once you get away with it, it kind of, your willpower is less and less. It's almost like even if you are stealing a cookie out of the cookie jar and before you know it, you're stealing the whole batch as soon as it comes out of the oven. Like, what are you doing? And that's just like human nature. So I think when it came to slavery, so instead of just having them, God, dog, it is the seventh year. I'm going to have to squeeze my own lemons or I'm going to have to go out here and actually work. No, I don't want to. And who's going to stop me? And my husband is mm -hmm. the governor. So he could just write a law and make it legal. And it happened. And it happened. And you're compensating people financially. So your friend who says, no, I don't really like slaves. Like the uh, lady at uh, mm -hmm. Beecher Stowe, when she came down south and wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin, she was against it. But it was so much luxury with it. When they gave her Topsy, 
Here she is a slave mm-hmm. owner. And Topsy is just doing everything for her. And even because she stole the little ribbon, because she was expected to be a thief, she didn't even steal it. So she was like, Topsy, why did you say you stole the ribbon? She said, because you expected me to, ma'am. So just human nature just makes people say, okay, this is allowed. Let's see how far I can push the envelope. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It is. It is. And I'm happy more and more white people are willing to have Mm -hmm. the conversation. These are conversations we have in black households day in, day out to the point where you may even hear black people say, I am going to just roll over and have a convulsion if I see another Mm -hmm. slave movie. Well, these movies have to be made because not only are certain other groups that share this earth with us unfamiliar with it or uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with it, but your very own, like Gen Z and millennials. They don't know who Mm -hmm. Emmett Till is. They don't know who Megger Evers is. And we have to talk about it. Well, and and I think it's really interesting to see how you are weaving in the history, the parts that we're excited to talk about and the parts that we're like, ugh, to talk about, but bringing it into this really fun field trip style experience to, to, because- because New York makes yeah, it so Yeah, and, and there's something, like, I love field trips. I have since I was a kid. I think we need more of them for adults. Me too. <laughs> and when you're in a place, like, there's, I don't understand not asking all the questions. Like, I'm the one that were like, stop asking questions, please. And yeah. I'm like, but, so. Yeah. I'm going to write them down because I got to get them out. I got to yeah. get them out. And I'm like, don't you have these same questions? But to, to be learning right. about history in the space where it happened and to touch the walls that other people touched through history, it changes things. And I feel so lucky that I grew up in the Northeast where there's access to so much history so easily. Uh We're now living in California. Like where? Where did you I was born in New Jersey. I lived outside of Philadelphia for a long time and then finished high school um, north of Boston. So Boston, New York, Philadelphia, DC, okay. like oh, yeah. all of it, awesome. all of it's been covered from when I was like, you know, five until now, right? And okay, you know, living now in California, and and I'm like, people haven't been to New York City. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, wait, wait, what? You have people in the Bronx who've never been to Manhattan, Times Square. <laughs> what are we doing, boys and girls? What are we doing? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's expensive. I, I Before I yeah. moved to New York, I never visited yeah. New York. I came to New York to attend the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. And I, at this point, I have a bachelor's degree in theater and dance and voice. And when I went to AMDA, I learned what cultural shock means in a matter of hours. All I knew was dream girls yeah. and the wits. I'm like, who is this Fred Astaire guy? Women. I said, who is Duke Ellington? Wow. I didn't know Duke mm-hmm. Ellington. So in in the South, it's as if I was studying practicum, mm-hmm. like how to bring theater and the appreciation of the art, but the actual like Barbara Streisand the and 
oh, I don't know, at the Merman. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, I, I was, I, I used to spend every waking hour in the public library at Lincoln Center because you could listen. This is before the internet. It was 97, 98, 99. I would listen to the Broadway performances with Sammy Davis Jr. and Golden Boy. And it was just like, all of this happened before my mother was born. So this is, I thought it was new. I thought it was like 70s, 80s. <laughs> so at that point, I was completely mm-hmm. turned on. I was so happy to be in New York. I could not get it. I literally would probably second act of play. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? I learned it from John Leguizamo, yeah. <laughs> one man show. And he basically, in his one man show, talked about how he was so poor and obsessed with theater. He would put on his dress suit and go to Broadway theaters and at intermission, grab a cigarette and a playbill in the trash can and just blend Ooh. in with the audience and see the second I like that. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I learned that from him because I didn't have the money, but I couldn't get enough. Are you hearing the um, no. notification? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, because I'm getting crazy. I'm a member of a chat group, and these notifications are coming back. I'm going to have to cut it off. <laughs> so I would second act the play once a week, and that's how I saw most Broadway mm-hmm. theater <laughs> as a student, but I was studying. So now to give back, I try to at least send two students to a Broadway show. I love once that. Month. What, so you clearly <laughs> fell in love with performing when you were in Tennessee still. And where did, where did that come from? Like, did you see it? Did you see a play? Did you see something? Did someone tell you you might be good at this? Well, I got it at the girls club. I would go to the girls club after school and they had dance and they had theater and they had voice and being the baby of nine, I didn't know I was performing. Mm-hmm. I just knew I was cute. And my four brothers and my four sisters and my parents and I had two sets of grandparents. So I was born into an mm-hmm. audience. And they would just applaud and make me take a bow. My name is Lady because they said the day I was yeah. born, I was a little lady. So, <laughs> and it was also the year that Billie Holiday came out with Lady Sings the Blues. So that's why, literally, when people say, is your name, is your real name Lady? It's not on my birth certificate, but I have been Lady since the day I was born. So that's when I got bit by the bug at the mm-hmm. girls' club. And I love the TV show Fame. And Debbie Allen. And Sweat. <laughs> this is where you pay. Ah! And my brother killed my dream. I was maybe five. And so he would be about 11. And he said, grow up. You can't go to school and sing and dance all day. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that does sound like a fantasy. I didn't know that you could go to a performing arts high school. But when I went to college, I found out you could major in dance and theater because I went to college to be a dentist. As soon as I was in a beauty pageant and won the beauty pageant and got the scholarship, I changed my major the next <laughs> day. I can sing and dance and I'm changing this dentistry major. 
<laughs> so I was bit by the bug at the girls' club around age five or six, but I was dancing around the house as soon as I could walk. I was dancing before I Part could Part of me walk. really wants you to be a dentist because that would be the best dentist ever to go to. <laughs> The other part Robert. of me cannot even imagine. Exactly. Right, you're like doing backstroke in the chair, dancing along. Like, yeah. yeah. And while you're and while you numb up, I'm going to give you this classical right. audio. Oh. Right. <laughs> that would be a great idea for a dentist, right? If you have anxiety, come to me. I'll calm your nerves. I'll give you some Shakespeare, yeah. Tyler yeah. Perry. It, it would be so interesting. Be an ex- a whole experience. It's like. I don't know if you've been seeing what they're doing with the Savannah Bananas, that new baseball. Check them no. out. They're like they they have their whole little show right now. They they were spotted about all the entertainment they're bringing to minor league baseball. But it would be like oh. the Savannah Bananas for dentistry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of dentistry, and you know that may be my second career because teeth have no. not changed. So I did study for two years. I'll just pick up where I left off. There and, you go. Hmm. I'll be a freshman dentist at Why not? 68. Why not? Right? <laughs> so when you decided to go into tourism and giving historical tours and showing people how amazing your adopted home is, were people in your life like, what are you doing? Like, was there resistance or were they saying, go for it? They're like, what's taking mm-hmm. you so long? Because when I explained to them how transitioning into tourism from theater, it's a mm-hmm. no-brainer. And af- and it also gives me the flexibility to, because I write and I produce and I direct. So if I get a call to go to Jamaica and do a one-woman show, or if I go to Sweden and choreograph a number, or I get called back home to Chattanooga, I simply can call a colleague and they can yeah. take my tour. So it's perfect. So I still get to audition. I still get to act. I still get to create. And I get such a thorough sense of fulfillment every day mm-hmm. from what I do. I, I can honestly say I'm blessed because the moment I open my eyes every morning, I cannot wait yeah. to start the day. Because I know, I know I'm going to touch mm-hmm. one person. What are the yeah? So when you say I'm that person that asks a lot of questions, I can't wait to meet you. <laughs> yeah, because I'll probably hang out with you afterwards. We'll go and have some yeah. chicken and waffles, and we'll probably talk until like eight o'clock at night if you're available. Because that's I'm how that I've person. made so many friends in foreign countries. Uh huh. Because yeah, yeah. they do. They're like, oh, well, we're going to this. Do you want to keep hanging out? I'm like, yes. Show me more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Can't get enough yeah, exactly. Of it. When you hear the words powerful and ladies, what do they mean to you? And when they're put together, does the definition change or shift? Ooh, it may sound a little egotistical, but I hear lady. So I automatically <laughs> think of myself. <laughs> but powerful, I mean, I grew up around only powerful mm-hmm. women. I don't. I think the only way I knew I was surrounded by powerful women is because of cinema and TV. And you had like, okay, let's take the TV show, Alice. We know Flo and we know Vera. 
my house was full of flows. Like male <laughs> kiss my grits was everywhere. <laughs> I didn't know Vera. I didn't know Vera, but it wasn't until later in life that I saw the strength mm-hmm. in Vera. Vera was aware, but she was just, she was an empath to what Mel was going through. Flo didn't have the time to give two rats ass about what Mel was going through. Mm-hmm. Vera did. But that, that's what, when I think of powerful women, powerful ladies, I think of ladies, number one, because sadly, and I may ruffle some feathers, being a lady is a dying breed. It means something to be called a lady. There's a difference between a woman and there's a difference mm-hmm. between a lady. And coming from the South, you are taught how to be a lady. And my mother would always say, uh-uh, uh-uh. we call you lady for a reason. So I didn't get to sit that way. I didn't get to walk that way. I didn't get to talk that way because my name is Lady. And now I'm so glad my name is Lady because uh, mm-hmm. etiquette is gone. Gone, gone, gone. And I think it matters and I think it plays a big part in the dating world. I think it plays a big part in business because feminism is trying to be deleted. There is so much glory Mm -hmm. in being a woman. So much glory in being feminine. To the point where you have a lot of men trying to be feminine because it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Well, you mentioned all the powerful ladies that you grew up surrounded by. How have they and other women that you've interacted with and met along the way shaped who you are and guided your path? Oh, wow. I met a lady in college. Her name is Judy F. Gentry. She was my baby Allen. I had heard stories about her all over Tennessee. Anybody in the state of Tennessee, you are not a serious dancer until you go through her. She is the mm-hmm. Apollo Theater of Tennessee. And when I went to Tennessee State University and found out she was the dance coordinator, I almost didn't try out. But I knew I was fierce. I may not be able to know all of the ballet terms, Assemblée and Parlebaret. All I know is I can see Alvin Ailey and the New York City Ballet, and I can mm-hmm. do that. And so I went to the audition, and she picked me first to come up on my first day because I didn't know much about auditioning. So I went to, it was a store called mm-hmm. Ridgeway, <laughs> which is like a really, really southern version of Walmart in the 80s. And I bought neon. Is- yeah. It's the 90s. So I bought this neon outfit and it had matching tights and matching leotard. And I was neon, yellow, pink, green, orange, purple. (laughs) And she taught me, you let your talent be the neon colors. But it worked. I got her attention. So to this day, a lot of my sisters in the dance troupe in the majorette team, they called me flowers because (laughs) they was like, flowers need to come to the front. So when I met her, I knew she was the effervescence mm-hmm. of womanhood and being fierce and knowing your stuff. She knew the terminology. She was musically inclined. She was just 
like I said, she was Debbie Allen in person and she smelled amazing. Her perfume was expensive. Her hair was perfect, even after dancing for five hours. Okay. I I have to know her on a personal level. And now we text one. We still text once a week. That's so amazing. You know, when we look back at at eight-year-old you, I'm guessing that she is not surprised what you're up to and what you've created. What do you think she's most proud of you for? My son. Yes, she is proud of the mother Mm -hmm. that I am because, oh my God, my mama was the best mama in the universe. Nobody's mama could touch my mama <laughs> out. And if I could just be one eighth of the mother that she was, yeah. I'm the bomb. And I think the third grader, Lady Alcides, in Miss Curtis' class at Woodmore Elementary in Chattanooga, Tennessee, is like, yes, you have done what your mother did to you. That's for your incredible. Yeah. You know, there's so many titles that you have given yourself so far in this conversation. And there's so many parts of a modern woman that we're juggling all the time. So how do you keep track of everything that you've got going on? How do you take time for yourself? How do you keep showing up? Because being a lady has a lot of checklists and doing life has a lot of checklists and kicking ass has a lot of checklists and being a mom does. So what are you doing to like keep the flow happening (laughs) today i literally said this phone is off the hook today because i'm the president of the alumni association and i run my own business and i'm a mom and i have a very 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 long relationship uh, and i have a, i'm a sister i'm a friend and i'm very i, I thrive on mm-hmm. being active but girl i could cry talking about how the pandemic how the pandemic i was a fish mm-hmm. out of water i'm yeah. social i have cra- i i I've never been to jail. I've never been incarcerated, but I really think I know what it feels like to be in solitary mm-hmm. confinement. Um, I wasn't in a cell and I am blessed to have a two bedroom. I have some friends that have a studio and in New yeah. York, that fire escape mm-hmm. was it. You can't go outside because you got to touch the elevator. And, and remember, April, May, June, we, we were afraid to touch mm-hmm. handrails. We were afraid to breathe the air because it stays in the air mm-hmm. for three days. All of this. So I literally would go. I think my longest stretch was about five, six weeks before I literally was just like, I'm mm-hmm. going outside. And what that did to me, oh, my God. So. As soon as I got my vaccination, I was like, I'm taking this mask off. I'm out of outside. And then I'd be damned if it ain't a mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. And then here comes the mm-hmm. second wave, the Omicron variant. Uh, the, the way his name from B2K, Omarion. <laughs> so I ended up catching it, being too social. So for Christmas 2021, Me I got too. COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for Christmas? 
<laughs> because that strand was more yeah. contagious. It wasn't as deadly, but it was more contagious. And I had taken my mask off sometime. I wasn't as strict with it. So when we, when I got my second vaccination, I said, okay, I'm going to keep my mask on and I am going to get back out there. I'm going to create work and I'm going to do work and I'm going to reconnect with my friends and my family. And I just stacked my calendar, stacked my calendar, book trips, book trips. And girl, I, my bank account yeah. is crying. <laughs> My body is crying. <laughs> My calendar is crying. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I got it. I, I, I'm back. So how do you go about doing that? I literally have an old school calendar that's three feet by two feet that I write on. I have, and as I mentioned on my phone, I have notifications on my phone. I am really, really strict about mm -hmm. organization. Number one is professional and number two is therapeutic yeah. for me, for me. So as far as like my mom duties and my girlfriend duties and my love life duties and my church duties and my alumni duties, I like it in an organized mm -hmm. fashion. When it becomes to the point where I'm missing appointments or I'm double booking myself, I know I'm being careless because there's no excuse to miss an appointment or be late to something because of mm -hmm. poor time management. That is one thing that my friends will compliment me on is my time management as far as being the only woman in my friend circle at the time to have a small child and a husband, um, they couldn't believe how I still would make it to, you know, the cocktail hours and we'll watch uh, Sex in the yeah. City and we'll get together and go shopping. It was like, where's the baby? Well, my husband has them. I, I yeah. let him know I need this Thursday to be with the girls. It's time. But I was really good at that mm -hmm. in college, too. Because I was a majorette, I was in a choir, I was in the science club, I was in the Chattanooga club, I was in the president's club. I just need my day mm -hmm. to be full, and I get a yeah. lot out of that. So I think organization and time management is imperative, or you will mm -hmm. go crazy. You will go crazy. And time yeah. for self. You have to put on that calendar two hours for lady mm -hmm. every day. If it's watching Real Housewives of Atlanta or if it's doing an at-home facial or sticking my feet in some hot water, I'm going to get my two hours of breathing yeah. and whatever I want to do. Cutting my phone off. You can't reach me every day mm -hmm. for two hours. I'm selfish about that because I give well, so much. Well, you have to be. I, I think what I coach people on regularly is always inviting them to be more selfish, especially entrepreneurs. We have to be selfish because... We may or may not have a team. We, Everybody's yeah. And you're in so many mm -hmm. roles doing so many things. And even though we don't realize it, the decision fatigue, the mental, um, all the things that we're thinking about all the time, it, it takes something. So right. who's asking us if we need anything? Who's asking us if we're okay? Usually nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And and, and uh, the honest part of it is if they do a rhetorical answer, oh, I'm uh -huh. fine. What about you? Yes. Mm -hmm. Only person I can't do that to is my son. He knows better. Uh, he'll say, uh-uh. Yeah. I know that face. Nope, nope, nope. What happened? What happened? 
<laughs> so we ask everyone on the podcast where you put yourself on the powerful lady scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most extraordinary powerful lady you can imagine, where do you put yourself today and where do you think you put yourself on average? On average, because I know where I have to go, she's a four point eight. Okay. I'm turning 50 next year. And as I mentioned, I love my calendar. I have so much stuff um, coming next year. And as far as like being the president of the Alumni Association, this is going to be the um, city that hosts the convention. So we're booking some pretty big, like this is taking me mm -hmm. to the next level. So like I'm in spaces where I'm actually making decisions. <laughs> and how fun is that? <laughs> yeah. With sponsorship, and I actually have the pool of the university and the whole historically black HBCU move that's mm -hmm. happening. This is what I've been preparing <laughs> for all my life. Let me shift my hair. <laughs> so I would say 4.6 because I know that muscle is about to be worked out, broken down, and expand. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. that feeling when you're you can you know you're just about to break through that next ceiling that you've been like bumping up against because yes. you're like it's coming it's coming <laughs> Just stay right here it's coming. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a song in hip hop. Oh, well, actually, it's not even hip hop in um house music in Chicago. It's time for the mm -hmm. percolator. You can probably play this. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the. I can. I just hear that every day. <laughs> I love that. That's what I feel. And what I I also correlate moments in life and the moods to song all the time. Like someone asked me the other day, like, "What are your favorite foods? How do you choose what you're gonna eat for dinner?" I'm like, "Well, to me, it's like a it's an international tour. It's like, where do we want to go for dinner? Are we going to Italy? Are we going to Thailand? Are we yes! like where are we going? Because it's a whole mood. It's a music. It's like." The whole thing. So it's not just like, mm, I'm feeling chicken. Like, uh, that's not how it's happening. Mm -mm. Chicken exactly. from where? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many options. I tell tourists that all the time. You are in mm -hmm. New York City. You literally can just spin a globe yeah. and touch it. I guarantee you there's two restaurants preparing fresh produce from that country mm -hmm. today. Yeah. And that's... That has me spoiled, right? Yeah, I. Because um, you can't really go to many other places. And no, have that. it's it's a it's on my list of requirements <laughs> of like where can I live? I'm like, what's the minimum number of good restaurants I need within right. like thirty minutes, if not five minutes? <laughs> and when you've been exposed to this type of variety, sometimes you want chicken yes. on a rooftop. Sometimes you want chicken next to mm -hmm. a fireplace. Sometimes you want chicken on yeah. to go. Mood, <laughs> uh, mood ambience, the whole thing. I know. Yeah, I need that. That That is where the expensive rent in New York City. I, I figured that out when I went somewhere else and was like, oh, the convenience yeah. of calling somebody or just mm -hmm. walking across the street and saying, which way the wind blows? That's where I'm going. And, and 
it's something yeah. going to happen. You're going to run into somebody mm-hmm. famous or you're going to have a beautiful experience with candlelight. And, yeah, oh. it's so fun. <laughs> I can you say I'm in I love can with New I York. can totally <laughs> tell that. So for people who have never been to New York, what what would you tell them right now? What's what's your pitch for coming to New York? If you've never mm-hmm. been to New York, okay. If you are reaching out to me in enough advance notice, I say don't dare do New York in a weekend. Don't mm-hmm. do that to yourself. You are going to be miserable that Monday when you go back home. If you can stay a week, but I know money is not, you know, an obstacle. If you can stay a week, we do have a lot of free mm-hmm. events, free activities, even inexpensive food. So your first time to New York, I would say do a different country every meal or a different country mm-hmm. every day. So you can do Mexican breakfast, Japanese lunch. Jamaican dinner, Irish the next day, Italian, Brazilian, start Mm -hmm. there. Or if you are a sports lover, say your husband is really into sports and he's not into anything else. Okay, well, then start with the sports. Do basketball, Mm -hmm. do tennis, do soccer, do boxing. There's something for whatever your heart desires Mm -hmm. in abundance in New York. I was just in New York a couple of weeks ago for the first time in years. and. Yeah, really. It's different, though. It it's is, different. And, and so I spent a lot of the time in Brooklyn. I was only in Manhattan for two days, and I was there seeing okay. clients and meeting up with friends. But it was really refreshing, and I kind of like there were a lot more buildings that were for lease or for rent than I expected. But there is something really nice right. about the pace of New York right now that I really appreciated. It seems a little okay. um, more like a big town than like the intensity of New York in the past. Mm-hmm. Pace. There's a little bit more. You're right. It has a little bit. Yeah, a little down. bit slowed down. A little bit more smiling. A little bit more like New York is always yeah, it's always friendlier than people say it is. But it just felt yeah, it felt it more. Yes, warmer. Mm-hmm. Than it was when I was there last time. There's a neighborhood mm-hmm. feeling that I, I yeah. feel now. Because you have the earbuds and people, I got to yeah. be, I got, I, got, I, got, I got nine things lined up. It's like you got two mm-hmm. things lined up. So you do have time to say, wow, those yeah. daisies, they bloomed early this year. You would never take the time to smell, smell yeah. the roses. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, it did it. It felt, I like when New York feels like Sesame Street. Versus feels like a treadmill. And it did on this trip. Mm-hmm. Did you know Sesame Street was supposed to be in, in Harlem, New York City? Really? I learned that. I didn't know that. Yeah. And growing up watching Sesame Street, duh, yeah. is totally. Yeah. And then to have that scandal with the black kids not getting attention at Sesame Place. Like and I used to go to Sesame Place oh. when I was a kid because we lived near there outside of Philly. And I, I, I don't want to even understand like why, like what is happening? Oh, it I was. Don't yeah. know. I don't know, but I had that conversation with my son. I can't say I think it happened with him. I can't remember because I just was accustomed to it, and I didn't want to make a big deal about it, and I didn't want mm-hmm. him to feel it. 
but I definitely remember it not happening at Disney and being mm-hmm. surprised when they came over to him. So that's how I know it happened to him. And he was born in 99. So this is 2006, mm-hmm. 2007. And I remember suppressing yeah. it and making a big deal about the, oh, the popsicle, let's get a sucker. Let's blow some bubbles. Just so he would not know what that rejection mm-hmm. felt like. But I do remember yeah. it happening and, and suppressing it and this, you know, yeah. deflect. Well, you know, we know that this community is big and powerful and I'm a big believer in screaming from the rooftops of what you're creating and what you're up to, as well as asking for what you need and what you'd like. So what is something that yeah. you need or want that we can put out into the Powerful Ladies universe? Oh, thank you. Wow. It's been so long since. I don't know if I've ever been asked that. Oh, I'm not prepared because <laughs> I need so much. I need, I need corporate sponsorship. I need help building my Instagram. I need awareness of this. I feel like I'm standing in a roller rink blowing a whistle. Nobody hears it because the music is so loud. I need a big ship. (laughs) (laughs) I need to be heard because I know what I'm saying is difficult. It's icky. It's gross. It's disgusting. But Mary Poppins taught you put a little Mm -hmm. sugar with the medicine, make it go down. I have mastered putting sugar Mm -hmm. with the medicine. So if I could have um, attention of some Fortune 500 companies so that I could get the attention that I need and if I could get the uh, social media presence and if I could get, I don't know, I would know what, is this where I profess my dream? Mm -hmm. It's New York. My optimum epitome of tourism. I would love to be the ambassador to the United Nations ambassadors. I would love to be hired by the United States or by the state of New York to be the official person to take ambassadors that are here for General Sessions, United Nations, around New York. Take them to Chinatown, Mm -hmm. to Little Brazil, Koreatown to Harlem. That is my dream. If somebody is able to make that happen, I will forever be grateful. I will write a song about you and sing it like Whitney Houston (laughs) every day. All right. All right, everyone, you heard it here first. That's the dream. Let's make it happen. That's easy. That's easy. They're here. They're stuck in the hotels. And quite frankly, some of them might be afraid or they may just not know anyone. I would Mm -hmm. love to be that. Okay, I'm here. And then they could tell their friends. and I could meet them at the embassy and take them in the limousine. Take them to restaurants and live jazz and salsa dance. Come on, Mm -hmm. you're here in New York. Well, and I think there's there's so many people who want that, who beyond ambassadors, right? There's people people who like, right. I, I've moved so much, and I think there there's such an opportunity for a modern welcome wagon. Like, don't bring me a basket of fruit. 
show me what is here because so many people don't play Taurus in their own backyard. And it's a missing, right. like when you r- realize how amazing a place is, then you like, it, it's a, a ripple effect of falling in love with a city. So everyone can. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what happened when I got out because I was on the double-decker buses for two years. That's why I really learned my chops. I studied how they made money, how mm-hmm. they lost money, and marketing. And when I got off of the double-decker buses and started my own business on foot, that's when the people of the neighborhood was like, this mm-hmm. happened right here? Like, Billy Holiday literally scrubbed floors mm-hmm. right here? Yes. But I grew up next door my whole life. Langston Hughes live. <laughs> yes, this is what Langston. So doing that, yes, people who walk by these places that I talk about every day because I think my appreciation is because yeah. I've studied it and dreamt about it for so long that I'm mm-hmm. thirsting for it. Like I just found out what Zora, Zora Neale Hurston lived Amazing. last week. I just found out where Malcolm X used to, you know, shoot dice, run numbers. Like before he was minister Malcolm X, I found out where that spot was. So that's because I've been mm-hmm. a fan. But if you grow up here, you kind of like, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but walking the streets and passing by the people getting off of the bus, I get, oh, you know what? I'm going to take you to, I thought this uh-huh. was for tourists. Mm-hmm. No, honey, this is for you. So, <laughs> Especially your children. Bring your children. Yes. Too. So for everyone who's like, I need a tour now. I need to book a trip to New York. You've sold me. Where can they find you, follow yes. you, and sign up for a tour? Okay. You can easily go to Instagram. I found that that's mm-hmm. easier. On Instagram, my handle is, thanks to my son, he told me my name is difficult. Stop trying to give your name first. Give a handle on Instagram first. Harlem's favorite. Ooh. Lady at Harlem's possessive with the S, Harlem's favorite lady, and that will lead you to my website, my phone number, my videos, my sizzles, and I need your subscription and followers and likes and all yes, of that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> By the way, can I can I plug Please, my new yes, event? Do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have the history of gospel which is every Wednesday because some tourists are here from Monday Mm -hmm. through Friday and they want to hear gospel music. And most gospel morning worship Baptist churches are open on Sundays. So I have decided to get with my church home, Memorial Baptist Church on 115th Street, and we'll do the history of gospel music. We'll start from the slave ships and the Negro spirituals all the way up to the hip hop affide hip-hop gospel music with Kirk Franklin and Mary Mary. So we go from 1619 to 2019. Well, um, I'm excited to take that tour next time I'm in New York because that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, Every Wednesday. I love o'clock. it. I love it. And so because you do so you do that one. What other kind of tours are you are you offering? I do the Civil Rights Era Tour. I do the LGBTQIA Tour. I do the Underground Railroad Mm -hmm. Tour. I do a Soul Food Tour. And now I'm branching off into the Black Lives Mm -hmm. Matter Tour. Okay. So anything you need to know, you are the person, Harlem's favorite lady. And 
Yeah, I yes. just, you know, it's I I do this podcast selfishly because I want to meet incredible people like you and make new friends. And <laughs> oh, but it's, 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 it lights me up knowing that there are you know women like you who have all this joy, all this enthusiasm. And this curiosity where you're like, I'm not going to keep this to myself. Like, I got to share this. You guys got to know. Let's hang out. And there's such a load that we have to carry to change the world and and empower people to Mm -hmm. change it alongside of us. And it's refreshing to know that um, there are women like you out there and we're all doing our parts together. And I'm glad you were on this team. So thank you for your time today. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you. And I think your colleague took my tour and that's how I got to you. So I want to thank her for even thinking of me and saying, yes, I need to toot your horn. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. I feel the love. I love it. This This is what I'm about right here. All the links to connect with Lady and her tours are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening, and please also leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. If you're looking to connect directly with me, please visit caraduffy.com or find me on Instagram at Kara underscore Duffy. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and new amazing guest. Until then, I hope we're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.